Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my Gambit review. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. And basically what I said in my talk was that Overall, I think the game mode is good and has great potential, but it has deficiencies in its design that are made, I think, highlighted and known by way of things like Sleeper, Melting Point, and other really, really strong weapons. I don't think Sleeper is the core problem with Gambit. I think it merely is so efficient that it exposes deficiencies in the game mode's design. And I talked about a lot of that invasion needing retooled, how damage uh, to bosses works needs to be retooled, uh, and some of the rubber banding uh, that that is made possible by playing poorly uh, needs addressed as well. So we're going to transition now to taking people's questions. If you're here, submit those questions with the question command. They do not have to be specifically about Gambit as long as they are about Destiny. Uh, that is totally fine. Oh, that's right. We're not going for points now, so we can just kind of rush. It's going to get blown up here if I'm not careful. Uh, so, first question from Mac2099. Do you ever feel like certain enemy strength is broken in Gambit? What I mean is, be doing fine killing enemies, then get absolutely melted by a random one. I'm not really sure what it is that causes that. I, there could be some just generic latency in the game mode. Uh, that's causing that. I do feel like sometimes when I'm trying to kill an envoy, it's really freaking frustrating to literally get them down to a sliver of health, and I feel like they basically just stop taking damage. Um, I don't know what causes that. I also know sometimes, as to your point, I do feel like sometimes I I just suddenly get absolutely destroyed and melted by uh, the enemy. And it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. I've been in sections of the of the map before and been like, I haven't really taken any damage. And then literally within seconds, I'm dead. Now, some of this is because they have too many things in the game that do uh, seeker damage. It just automatically seeks you out. There's too many spammable, uh, I think, enemies sometimes in a real confined space. Now, I don't know if that's a design flaw or if that's the team sort of failing to do what's required uh you know like you're supposed to be you're kind of supposed to be managing the ads i think a lot of the times i die to ads like that it's the team's fault they're not together and paying attention and somebody pushes into an area by themselves and gets like quadruple aggroed and then just gets melted that's usually the team's fault somebody shouldn't be pushing in to fight ads completely by themselves uh, I fault the team for that. That happened to me a couple times today. It's like, why is literally nobody over here? And you can get into a bad rhythm. People go to bank all at the same time. People are fighting uh, the ads on the platform all at the same time. And that leads to very, very easy sort of divide and conquer of your team. You're all kind of split up. Usually what I try to do is, if I bank moats, and there is, uh, there's heavy ammo on the platform within 10 seconds, I will wait for that heavy ammo, and I will clear that platform if need be. I think a lot of the times what happens, people tend to overreact and kind of hang out on the platform 
hoping to help with the ads and then it leads to somebody being by themselves and then they get like multiple aggro so op mark with two months of subs welcome back says glad you're better mr content thank you so much dude it's good to be back um and so usually i would fault the team for that now some of it might be that some of the enemies maybe are a little too strong i feel like shriekers and wizards are sometimes maybe a little too good at doing lots and lots of what feels like unavoidable damage um i feel like the unavoidable damage is sometimes really cheap you basically just get seeked out by you know shots from a, a vandal or a captain or something and it leads to you basically automatically dying and i think some of that could be toned down but again is it because you're by yourself is it because you're pushing teammates you know enemies completely alone and then you get multi-aggroed. I mean, getting multi-aggroed is 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 your fault, and not necessarily like you're playing poorly, but just being aware of like, is it worth you going over and killing a couple ads by yourself and then dying um, after you picked up some moats? Is it worth that, or should you wait for your team to get off the platform to come help? Sometimes I think just some simple map awareness, and I'm talking to myself here. I've done that. I've like, I just push into the next area. I just let that little symbol on the map kind of put, you know, promote me to push forward. And then all of a sudden I realize like, oh, nobody's with me and I'm dead. So. Zero the, uh, then one. Do you think the Gambit boss battles would be better if there was some sort of mechanic like orb throwing? I, I do think each individual boss having its own way of fighting it would be really, really good. Um, it is kind of silly that basically every boss, it's the same thing. It's a big boss that if you get close to it, it's going to knock you back. Uh, and then after it knocks you back, you get obliterated by all the ads that shoot you or you fall into the acid water and then you die. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a handful of things that lead to silly deaths because the bosses are very very one dimensional um and I feel like a lot of that could be changed with mechanics and as I said just melting the health of the boss seems a little too simplistic sometimes because of the nature of how much damage we can put out I mean they do that with strike bosses for frick's sake they don't let you just go in and melt every strike boss strike bosses you know, have mechanics that, that, that minimize your ability to do some of that. So thanks for two months, K pits. I appreciate it. So, I mean, I think there's, again, there's room for improvement here. There's tons of room for improvement. There's, there's a lot that you could do with, with the existing structures of the game mode, uh, because the existing structures of the game mode, I think are, are somewhat too simplistic and easily manipulatable with, something as simple as melting point and high DPS heavies. So, uh, roll your D 20. How do you feel about people using the wall of wishes to get the raid chest before the second encounter? I don't understand why Bungie continues to, to allow people that haven't done the raid to get raid gear. I'm not really sure what the thought process is there. Uh, they did it with clan engrams, and here we are again. You can go to Reddit, YouTube, or any video guide, and you can get free gear, basically. Uh, you know, free raid gear. You don't have to do jack freaking squat in the raid. Um, 
And that, I don't know, that to me just seems really, really short-sighted. Um, I feel like they could, they could require you to actually clear a boss encounter before opening the in-between chests or something. I don't know. I just, I don't know why you allow people to get gear they haven't earned. I, I don't understand why that is a, why that is a thing in Destiny. Uh, imagine people being able to go roll for fate bringers, vision of confluences or whatever, by literally not doing anything. Um, for the solo players, I, I mean this with love because I take up for solo players all the time. I give zero fricks about solo players getting raid gear. I literally don't care if you don't get raid gear as a solo player. You don't deserve it. Find a team, find a clan, find other players, send messages, use LFG, quit crying, shut your freaking mouth, and put on some pants and try to form a team. You don't get raid gear for not doing the raid. You wouldn't argue this for literally anything in any other loot-based game. Well, I can get Trials gear by because I'm a solo player and I'm going to go input this code in a wall and then I'm going to get Trials gear. It's stupid. Raids are built for six players to go in, beat the raid together, and get gear. And if you can't do that, tough luck, cupcake, find a solution, or be quiet. Like, Welcome to the real world. You know what I'm saying? It killed loot incentivization with clan engrams. And everybody called me anti-community and had wonderful, you know, like insulting, you know, small-minded garbage to say to me on Twitter. And then what happened a couple weeks later? As is typical, since Lono's wrong per usual, I was right per usual. It killed loot incentivization. People had zero desire to run the raid because they could get free raid gear by walking into the tower. That Like, it killed loot incentivization. So as is typical, people disagree on the outset and then I end up being right in the long run. So you can say I'm wrong per usual on Twitter and you can throw empty and thoughtless criticisms at me like I'm anti-community as I helped more people in raids than virtually any person that criticized me of being anti-community lol and 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 you're welcome to be grossly wrong and stupid because that's what those people were that said those things to me they were just wrong and stupid and I think that at the end of the day if you want loot incentive you can't undercourt undercut undercut loot incentive you're a streamer of course you don't care that that's not even an argument you're just saying something stupid and thoughtless how does me being a streamer mean i don't care i literally built my stream helping people with raids why would i why would i care why would i not care about about getting people uh content in the raid like that doesn't even make any sense like me being a streamer has nothing to do with ruining loot incentive in a looter shooter. Like, again, people don't even understand what they're saying. Like, the premise of this game is that you go run an activity and you get gear from it. That's the premise of Destiny. Go run Gambit to try to get Gambit gear. Go run the Nightfall. Go run the Strikes. Fill in the blank. You go, you run that content, and you get stuff for running that content. And letting people bypass the content for chances at raid gear 
is at its at a ground level it's just stupid it was stupid with clan engrams and it's stupid now with people just not even running the raid and just opening up chests like when people glitched into the raid and opened up the chest like it's it's stupid it i don't know it never won't be stupid for people to get gear that they haven't earned so I'm never going to change my mind on that and people that disagree with me on the outset always end up being wrong in the long run because they're reactionary and they prefer to hurl insults and take shots at me uh, and then in the long run as is the you know the short term memory goldfish mentality of the internet everybody forgets a couple weeks later when they're all glad you know glad handing and clapping people on the back who basically say exactly what I already said so uh, question from Elite Sevens. What would you think if they made Gambit 6v6? I don't think number of players is really a part of the equation that needs to be addressed. I think the biggest problem with 6v6 is invading would become kind of wild. Um, I, I don't know. Y- y- can you imagine going over and invading and having to face six potential people? That's, I don't know. That's rough. That's a lot of people. Uh, that's a lot of team shotting. Um, I don't know. I think the 4v4 works works pretty well. I think once you get beyond that, it would get really crowded with the map design, the number of ads, uh, invasion, etc. I think I think a lot of things would probably suffer from an increase in the number of players. Um, I don't see that as solving really much of anything. Um, I see that actually causing more problems than solving. Let two people invade. Yeah, I I feel like you're kind of reinventing the game mode, and that's not what we want to do. I would work within the confines of the existing structures and make those structures better. Like, invasion... Invasion being tweaked is better than uprooting the foundation of the game mode, which is a 4v4 game mode. I don't know. Uh, Dagnabbit Ben says, Lately I found I enjoy Gambit more not using Sleeper. I think the ammo is a good change, plus they're targeting, um, plus they're targeting change. I think it will be much better once those go in. I think it would be a nice change, uh, also, if the invaders saw Pulse of the team, not Constant View. Wanted to know your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I outlined that in the talk. I definitely think that's something they could do to Invasion to make Invasion better. Uh, invasion is very much um, kind of in some respects it's a little broken because of the nature of just being able to just always see everybody at all times Um, a pulse would help with that I think again queen breakers and sleeper are not the problem the nature of invasion is the problem so pulsing I think a pulsing wall hack would be uh, quite a bit quite a bit better um and then an invasion cooldown if you're killed. I don't know. I mean, we had somebody invade earlier, and as soon as we got to the next section to start banking moats again, that are getting moats again, they instantly invaded again. And I felt like... I don't know. I felt like it was too fast. It was like... I, I do think maybe invasion an invasion debuff timer would be nice because you can really get steamrolled by a team again... If they play poorly, bank their supers, throw the first round, they can steamroll the second round with supers and invade constantly. 
Um, so invading, invading in very close succession can also be, I think, a point of frustration that could be addressed. Uh, Extreme Exterminator says, with the problem with getting your primeval first and the other team just banking moats like crazy to slow you down, do you think that required supers like Tether, Thousand Cuts, Hammers is kind of limiting the game mode in terms of playstyle freedom? I mean, you're definitely feeling funneled towards certain playstyles and certain solutions because it is, it is very much like... It is very much beneficial to wait if you, especially if you hold on to some larges and some mediums and then you send them all over that platform gets gets very very full and it gets very very hard to kill everything so I think I think at a ground level the, the banking banking after the enemy's primeval is out should feel less efficacious than it is. Like, honestly, think about it like this. Medium and large blockers are not that troublesome during the normal gameplay. As long as the team is unified and and clears the platform to kind of together, or at least two people kind of kind of push the platform together, usually getting rid of medium and large blockers is not that difficult. Medium and large blockers are actually more frustrating once your primeval's out. That to me, again, logistically speaking, like the logic of the game mode is backwards. You're making blockers more frustrating, more troublesome, and more effective when the team is further behind and that to me again you're rewarding people who are playing the game mode poorly you're letting the other team get ahead in a race and then boomerang like rubber band effects end up making banking more efficient for a team that's behind I just again if you apply that logic to any other game mode like apply it to control like alright if you get behind in control and the other team has captured more points than you, have no have no fear. You're behind. All of a sudden, your kills count for more. Like, you'd be like, wait a minute, that completely grates against the game mode of control and rewards a team for not doing the thing you're supposed to do. That's the problem with the current setup. Is you are rewarded uh, for playing poorly in the race. Uh, and I, the example I used was like, there are catch-up mechanics in Mario Kart, but the catch-up mechanics in Mario Kart don't reward you for playing poorly. They just try to help you catch up from being so far behind, but you still have to race really, really well. You don't have to do anything in Gambit really, really well to leverage rubber band mechanics like the ones I just outlined. You basically just have to go hold down X on the bank and then that gives you tons of advantage. You don't have to do anything significant. So. Next question from McDoubleV. What do you think of incentive for players to engage uh, enemies uh, in close range as an invader? Like giving your shield, only the shield, not health, back when killing a player in close range to you, not when in super. Maybe increasing the invader timer if you kill an enemy uh, at close range. Um, for example, two seconds per extra kill at close range. I mean, yeah, what if, yeah, 
I wouldn't necessarily say close range is the answer. Maybe if you get kills with your super, uh, you get you get a big advantage. Maybe like like you said, like maybe you get a a timer buff if you get kills with a super, so you can stay over longer. Um, I don't know. I again, I don't want to reinvent invading too much and end up causing more problems than we solve. But you could definitely, if you incentivize super usage over power ammo usage, you might actually get things in a better place. Like you're, you're leveraging the super and saying, Hey, if you use this soup, if you use this super, you get a benefit and the enemy teams like, well, that's unfortunate. They just got that benefit. But the good news is it's a risk reward mechanic. They use their super and are now therefore down a super. That's going to slow down their efficiency uh, whenever they go to do boss damage. Uh, that's one less super for clearing the platform. That's one less super for the boss. I don't know. Um, that, I mean, anything anything that, that changes invasion to make it efficient but not where it is right now I think would be better because invasions just in such a weird place right now and I that's why I think I so I said I don't think it's the sleepers fault I think invasion needs to be redesigned uh, donkey sausage do you think the PvP parts need looked at like invaders shouldn't be able to see guardians all the time by names blink with overshield needs to be removed since it's not visible until you're really close I mean, I don't know. We've we've kind of addressed the radar thing already um, by saying that you could definitely um, you could definitely do more of a blink radar uh, instead of the consistent radar. So we've already kind of talked about that. Um, as far as you know, when they get close, you know, them being able to get too close to you or whatever. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if you want to completely rechange everything about invading, so that then invading is just too difficult. Um, you're still versing four other people, so you don't want to make invading like so painful that I don't know. You don't want to make invading so painful that people basically don't want to invade because you just go over and get farmed. Um. Abalone, thank you so much for the brand new Prime sub. Uh, welcome to the Rageous. Enjoy ad-free viewing on the channel. Some dope uh, badges and emotes, and then use of the Discord clan system and LFG system. So. JD Gamer, what do you think of Sleeper with aim assist being off, and do you think damage should be decreased? I mean, I don't necessarily think you want to turn aim assist off um I think you could I think you could lower aim assist turning aim assist off would make it a would make the weapon almost non-usable in a pvp environment and that's called overreacting or overcorrecting you don't want to go so far over to another side there's always a pitfall right you're trying to find that happy medium and it's like when people criticize shotguns. You can you can adjust shotguns to the point of absurdity where they become useless. There you have to like 
touch a person's nose with a shotgun just to get a kill well now you've fallen into the other ditch and nobody uses shotguns if shotgun range is too too far or shotgun ammo is too too prevalent then that's another ditch that you fall into and nobody uses their primary certain maps already are kind of playing like that certain maps are already very anti-primary right you you basically don't see a lot of primary fights on certain maps um, with keyboard and mouse there is no aim assist I don't know if that's true I think every gun in destiny has a certain level of aim assist I don't I don't think that that's true um, I think yeah I think you get less aim assist on mouse and keyboard but I think at a ground level there's still an aim assist stat on sleeper that you get even when you're using mouse and keyboard you just get significantly less um Um, no. Next question from Elder Wu says, how do you feel about invading being limited to a specific moat that drops from enemies? Only a player that has gathered that moat and banked it has the ability to invade. I mean, again, I think you're over-legislating. Like, I don't think we need to make invading something that is basically, like, fought over. Because then people are going to be like, if it's a random moat that drops on the ground, that's RNG, which is frustrating. So then I'm just trying to play the game, and I accidentally run over the invasion moat. And then I'm the invader. I don't think that's good. And... Like, if you're trying to be organized as a team and someone accidentally runs over that moat, I don't think that's how it should be. I, you know, organized teams are going to get frustrated by that. Like, a lot of times you're just going on a, you're just going on a tear. You're just getting kills, you know what I'm saying? You're not, you're not, you're just you're going through with your super and you're killing dudes and moats are flying in the air and that moat randomly drops on the ground. Now, if it comes from a specific enemy, again, I think you're turning... You're turning invasion into just too complicated of a process. Um, you're making it this this super elaborate thing, and then it becomes a it becomes too painful to to leverage like, well, who's going to invade? Well, I want to invade, and then you're all fighting over that enemy, and then then that person just keeps basically ignoring the rest of the enemies and going for that enemy, and then they're dying and losing moats. And then that's frustrating because they're hurting your team's efficiency because all they care about is invading. I don't know. Like, obviously, people that just sit on the invasion thing and never do anything else are frustrating, but are... Oh, this is just not enjoyable. Um, but I don't necessarily know how you legislate to that. Like... Legislating to douchebag players is a mistake, I think. If somebody's going to play like a douchebag idiot and just sit on the teleporter and never let anybody else invade, that person's an idiot and you can't legislate and make them not an idiot. If you made it to where like you had to kill a specific enemy to get the invasion moat, that idiot would still be an idiot. That He doesn't suddenly not play like an idiot. He would still go in and play like a complete and utter frickin' moron and frustrate his team because he would basically ignore objectives and then just go for that 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 one that one enemy and then basically not help his team at all 
and by not helping his team at all would be, you know, he'd be a point of frustrating, you know, frustrating. A, a point of frustration, I'm sorry. Dumb players don't play less dumb what, just because you legislate to them. They just find another way to play dumb. Um, you know, so I know solo queue can be really frustrating when you have somebody like that on your team, but you don't want Bungie basically being like, okay, what did somebody do today? Okay, well, we don't want people doing that. And they kind of wag their finger at the community and create some restriction to make that something that's like less viable, less effective, less whatever. Um, I, I think that, I think that's when you start to end up with an overcooked game mode. So, report them for griefing. I mean, you can't really report somebody for griefing just because they're 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 camping the invasion spot. So, if somebody wants to play like an idiot and tank their team and lead their team to a more probable loss, like it's more likely that you're going to lose cuz you're playing like a douchebag, like you kind of have to let that person learn by natural selection. Like, maybe after 10 games of playing like that, they're like, uh, we just keep losing. Uh, this is, this is like, I don't really understand. Maybe they start to play different. I don't know. But but, but completely retooling certain aspects of the game. Beca- This is a really unenjoyable speedrunning nightfall. This is just not fun. I'm ready to do something else because I feel like people are running ahead and I'm getting stuck in aggro patterns. Like we're not actually efficiently beating this sometimes because someone gets so much further ahead than anybody else. And then the person that gets behind just gets stuck in a spawn death cycle. Um, this This is very, very frustrating. Uh, Gonka 809 Lono, I love Gamma, but at the moment, I don't think there's any reason to continue playing it. Uh, do you think that's going to improve on something? I mean, there's all there, there's there's the Malfeasance quest that's going to get tweaked, so that's a reason to play. I mean, there are there are elements of there are elements of playing it that's worth it. There are some pretty good guns you can farm for. Getting a good roll on a truth, for example. Um, getting a good roll on, you know, the rocket launcher, uh, can be nice. Mm, you know, those are reasons to play. It's obviously if you're, if you're dying a lot, this, obviously if you're dying a lot, not having a good time, then it's not really enjoyable. I just am really, really tired of Bungie creating trollish mechanics, like unavoidable trollish mechanics like this this strike in particular like can we stop with the cheese and just create good content like just bouncing players off like why is everything that Bungie designs that I just it just happened again why are you making every enemy stomp the ground and literally a strike with bouncing mechanics like I really really want to impress upon Bungie to stop trolling the player and treating us like your plaything. it's just it's very very frustrating bosses that bounce you back and bouncing mechanics and strikes just need to go away and die in a fire because they're not fun and they're dumb like mini rant about the bouncing mechanic in this freaking game it is i'm just so fed up with getting bounced around like a dadgum ping pong ball because you think it's freaking cute it's not cute it's annoying stop doing it 
KM Rays. Do you think, do you feel Gambit has the ability to put competitive into a competitive PvE playlist? Oh man, it's got a long way to go before they do that. It's got a long way to go before they can do that. Um, man, oh man, it. I, I think the potential's there. I think we kind of saw that in the the showdown that they did. And again, remember, what made the showdown enjoyable to watch was that there was a lot of back and forth, right? It wasn't steamrollish. And right now, the game mode's very steamrollish and cheesy. Um, so, I think, I, I think in general, you a lot of that goes away if you make some of the tweaks I've talked about. I just think you wouldn't want to have teams leveraging a lot of the cheese that I talked about by basically being like, well, you get, you know, you guys won because you leveraged rubber band mechanics better than the other team. You would want the smarter, more aggressive team to win, um, the better team to win, not some team that leverages cheesy rubber band garbage mechanics and then they that's why they win. Like, I, I don't know. I think the game has got a long way to go before anybody would take it seriously in, in competitive. Like, any like if you if you play any other competitive area, like any other competitive game mo- game or or game mode, high high rubber band mechanics are not competitively minded. They're casually minded. Those rubber band mechanics exist for crap teams and crap players to feel like they can come back and be in the fight. The rubber band mechanics in Gambit are not designed for a competitive player's mindset. They're designed for bad players. So, they're designed for players who are playing poorly. Um, not players who are playing well. So I don't think Gambit's anywhere near to a competitive environment because of that. Um, whether it's trials, uh, whether it's um, anything they've tried to do uh, in a competitive realm, if any, if if trials ever had boomerang or rubber band mechanics in it, people would have really, really hotly ridiculed it and been like, "That's anti-competitive to let a team behind." Um, have so many advantages. I think comeback mechanics are being overestimated. I think you are 100% incorrect. Let me list all of the comeback mechanics, okay? I'm going to list all of them, so get ready. Here here are all of the comeback mechanics, okay? Sitting on moats and banking after the other team summons their primeval buries that team's platform with blockers. That's a rubber band mechanic for the team that's behind. Second, that other team uses a lot of their power, energy weapons, and potentially supers and grenades to get rid of envoys, primeval envoys, to get the primeval buff, and then that buff is then shared with the other team. That's garbage and stupid. That's another rubber band mechanic. Uh, third, sending all of those blockers late by being behind and then invading is another benefit and another rubber band mechanic for the team that is behind slowing the enemy team down keep in mind everything i've just outlined slows down the team that's ahead purely by going and holding down the x button they're not doing anything significant they're literally sitting on their hands not turning in moats and getting all of the benefits i'm outlining by holding down the x button zero skill required low level intelligence required it's a pretty basic strategy of sit on your moats and wait okay 
Uh, what was the what's the other what's the other uh, what's the other benefit? Oh, uh, invading at that point, invading at that point has a huge advantage because you just sent a bunch of blockers. Blockers at that point shouldn't be sendable. You're not blocking anymore. That team's done banking. That do, that 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 team is done banking, right? And yet you've just sent blockers, making them easier to kill on invasion because the platform is just completely overrun and you've gained buff from their work. Okay, so. Everything I just outlined is a rubber band mechanic, and there's one final rubber band mechanic that exists in the game. If you know you're going to lose, you can basically sit on your supers and not use them. Some people literally throw the first round to do this. They just kill to build up their supers, and then they carry their super into the next round and can then basically steamroll the ads with supers and get like more rapid turn in more rapid invasion giving you another rubber band benefit for basically playing from behind um so those are all benefits of playing slow and playing from behind so i don't think i'm overstating the rubber band catch-up mechanics in in gambit when i literally just went on probably what was a two minute long strung together rant about all the varying degrees of rubber band influence in the game that need addressed um so you don't have to kill any envoys you can invade on the team that holds moats you can melt boss within seconds that's actually not true no you can't number one with the envoys on the platform and all the ads on the platform you cannot melt the boss within seconds number two after you summon your primeval, you can't invade. You don't have any invades left. They get invasion if they hold their moats and bank them properly. They get invasion. You don't. You don't get invasion for summoning your primeval. Now, once they summon their primeval, sure, you can invade. But if they're just sitting on their moats, you don't get invasion. So you're not even right about how the game mode works. So melting the boss within seconds is is a inaccurate... It's an inaccurate summary of what's possible when the boss first gets out. You cannot melt the boss within seconds. You can. Now, I know some teams are doing, like, really, really crazy stacks where they basically do, like, a a, a tractor cannon and arc strider, and they're, like, cheesing potential DPS outputs. Again, that's not normative. That's some stacked team with, like, a very specific, very built strategy. Um... Of, of taking basically the boss out before there's even any any prime buffs out there you can't you can't use that as a normative example most people are not having that experience in gambit they're going in solo queuing they're playing with a mixture of teams and being like oh well you should have to team up and play hyper organized and and why so you can undercut the entire mechanics and structure of the fight You're basically telling people to stack a team and cheese the boss with over DPS. Like you're doing, you're doing like a ridiculous amount of DPS with certain builds and certain team composition and completely overriding the entire boss fight. You're overriding the mechanic of the primeval buff. You're overriding the mechanic of the envoys. You're basically telling people to cheese it. That's how you that's how you uh, get around all the rubber band mechanics. Again, you're not really engaging with what I'm saying. You're telling people to play the game in a backwards way and then 
basically you're telling people to bypass mechanics that's like telling people the riven fight's not that hard just get out cluster bomb rockets and kill riven in the stun room you're basically telling people to bypass all the pain point mechanics of the fight in order to have this sort of unnaturally fast result that's not a solution to the problem you're not troubleshooting the problem you're trying to bypass design and that's not a solution do you honestly think Bungie should come out and say our recommendation is if you're getting frustrated by these rubber band mechanics is to go in with three arc striders and a tractor cannon and a melting point and basically just kill the boss as soon as it spawns no because you're basically looking at the game mode and saying how can we bypass all of the design and all the pain points and play it in the cheesiest way possible that's not a solution to anything that I've outlined it's a it's you're punting You're basically punting and saying, well, just do all of this stuff instead, and then you don't have to worry about any of those problems, any of those design flaws. So, I'm not saying they're necessary, but I'm saying in in the normative, killing the envoys, in the normative experience, in the normal day-to-day gambit experience, clearing the platform and killing the envoys is the appropriate and sort of designed designed normative strategy that's kind of the way they expect you to play it that's like the normative way of doing riven is to stun go upstairs do eyes fall shoot sores etc like that's the intended way the riven fight's supposed to go so just because you can cheese and surpass that doesn't mean people saying that the riven fight being difficult aren't right the riven fight is difficult your ability to bypass mechanics doesn't negate their point just like your ability to bypass design of the fight for the for the gambit boss you're not you're not really meeting what i'm saying on the ground by being like i'll just bypass all of it and have a team comp where you can where you can just cheese the boss in five seconds. So, Alex Gaming, I know this is late, but how do you feel about Masterwork Cores? I'm gonna do a whole talk on this. So, uh, I think community leaders were 100% wrong and more concerned with defending their opinion rather than defending what was good for design. I believe we have landed, once they put the solution in place, we have landed at an undercutting and a devaluation of the masterwork grind and what is supposed to be the capstone of a piece of gear will now be a whole lot easier because people were more interested in defending their ideas than defending good design Uh, it's illogical to require masterwork cores for infusion masterwork cores existed in their own microcosmic economy that microcosmic economy was painful and slow as it's supposed to be um it's it's supposed to be a slow process and it's not going to be a slow process anymore it's going to be quite a bit faster because it's going to be a whole lot easier to get masterwork cores um participating in chat uh you get timed out for having a different viewer perspective uh 100 incorrect you are lying and being dishonest so go somewhere else if you're if you're wanting to propagate dishonesty there are plenty of people in here that disagree with me all the time and they do not get timed out people get timed out for being rude trollish or insulting the streamer so you are being 100% inaccurate in your summation so if you don't like it go the frick somewhere else I don't really care if you leave as you falsely summarize the way my mods are handling chat so find another stream or be quiet uh 
you're not voicing different opinion you're slamming the way that mods are uh, controlling chat Nova hands. Hey Lono, how do you feel about enemy difficulty in Gambit? Specifically, their seemingly ability to hit you across map. It feels like they're more accurate and have uh, much higher range and shot effectiveness. Yeah, I think some funny things are happening with targeting. Um, there was a fight today where I was banking and I got suddenly out of nowhere. I got taken down to being almost dead. And I thought I got shot by like an invader or something. And I turned around and all the way across from really far away, there was a, um, I forget what it was. It was one of the Vex enemies. It wasn't a Minotaur, it was a Hydra. And this Hydra, for some reason or another, all the way from across, spammed all of its shots way, way across the map. And... I got like instantly taken down to no health fr- from that. And so, and the Hydra's nowhere near me. I'm not like leaving myself exposed. It's not like I ran over to the area where the ads were and just stood there like a, like a dum dum, like, yeah, go ahead and shoot me, man. Like, I'm literally, I'm standing on the bank. I just banked moats and all of a sudden, I'm like, what the actual? I turn around. This Hydra's like all the way across the map. And that's not the first time that's happened. I do think, I do think there are some strange things happening with target acquisition, enemy accuracy, and range of aggro. I don't know if it's because it's such a small area, like the enemies kind of get confused. Like, I honestly feel like the enemies don't know what to do sometimes. I feel like the enemies literally are like they're all sitting around like waiting for us to 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 kind of come, you know, join in the fight. And then if we don't get over there fast enough, they just end up they, they just it's like it's like they just aggro they aggro from like super distance away. See, like rushing through this is so stupid. Like why don't we just like guys, can we just take the time to actually fight the enemies? We're not achieving efficiency and expedience here you're literally just continuing to get on your sparrow and die like let's take 30 seconds and kill the ads and then advance we're wasting more time dying by trying to speed run this like it just doesn't work like just kill the ads they're trash they're trash ads just throw a couple grenades down and and take a couple shots like put on momentum momentum's not going to fix the fact that we're riding our sparrows through areas and getting killed and continuing to do it anyway like you're a you're a two shot on your sparrow it just doesn't work it just doesn't work like we're wasting more time trying to speed run sections where if you took 30 seconds and cleared the ads we would already be done with this section if we just played it normal instead of continuing to get on our sparrows like i it, they're not it's not that hard you're literally i continue to get isolated by myself and die because we're not together like i'm not dying because i'm bad or we're i'm 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 playing poorly it's because people are rushing ahead and leaving me behind to get literally 18 enemies to aggro like just stand still and shoot a couple of the ads like it didn't i don't know i don't think we're i don't think we're speed running this that efficiently by continuing to isolate just in this area in particular like I just feel like we're always dead out here I, we could try to put on momentum and run instead of Sparrow I don't know uh, 
Fatal Symphony says, your thoughts on all the speedrun madness going on? I'm not particularly caught up on everything that happened. I know the person in particular that was changing rules to uh, favor their own times and changing rules to undercut other people's times. Uh, That person has been removed from Redeem. Um, I'm still not sure why you would have clan members that go for speedruns overseeing the rules of speedrunning. That, I don't understand that. Now, that might be because generally nobody really cares about speedrunning. No offense to Slayer, no offense to Redeem. It's not generally something that a lot of the community cares about. That's just, that's kind of a factual statement. Like, just measure the community, count up the people that care. There's not a lot of them, okay? I'm not slamming speedrunning. It takes skill. It's not easy to do. Uh, and it's it's obviously cool, and people like it. But the reason I think they probably have not a lot of people to like oversee the rules is because there's just not a ton of people that give a flip. Um, so... I'm not saying it's by design like rigged, like they're intentionally doing it, but I think that's what led to what happened is you had people that could change rules and adjust rules according uh, to what would benefit them and that's exactly what they did and it led to some drama. As far as I can tell the person that did it has been removed from Redeem and i fairly certain that Slayer's world record is now being recorded and honored um, which is exactly what should have happened um, so a, you know a shady disrespectful scummy person getting removed is exactly what should have happened like you're pretty shady and scummy if you're changing rules so that you have a world record and then you change rules so that somebody else doesn't get a world record like that is by definition scummy um, and dishonest and fraudulent so I believe that it's been handled properly. And yeah, the record was beat. Slayer's point of contention wasn't that his record wouldn't be beat. I think even at the point in time when he was pointing out that he was frustrated by what happened, it was more about it would be on record that at one point he had a world record for Last Wish. It's not about keeping it. It's about saying he was one of the world record holders for a speed run. It wasn't about maintaining it. He I, he he knows how that works. I mean, Slayer's been around for a long time. The record gets established and then beaten eventually. Like that's just much always how it works. So, um, as far as I know, it's been handled. Uh, Duplus. Do we think you, we could see Cade haunting the tower during Festival of the Lost? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, okay, you know, you could definitely see maybe references to him. I don't know about haunting. Um, I don't know about haunting. I don't, I don't really, I don't really care one way or the other. Um, so... Uh, Buck Nasty. How do you feel about No Prestige, Last Wish, and other raid layers? Yeah, I kind of include this uh, yesterday in my Last Wish review, but I'll give you my answer. Um, I think their philosophy shift has come full circle. All right? So it went through a bit of a metamorphosis. It went through a bit of a metamorphosis. There was a 
there was a philosophy during um, Prestige Leviathan, Prestige Raid Layers, and Solstice of Heroes that I think was a terrible, a terrible philosophy. I feel like it was all about making us feel weak. Use a crappy loadout, right? Use a curated loadout. Uh, you're underleveled and you're weak during Solstice of Heroes. You go into Prestige Leviathan and it was Delta scaled. It was a it was a garbage, just a garbage encounter. Everybody that said it was really really great and they defended it, it a week later they were saying something completely opposite. So the false glib positivity was in full effect. It was like, yeah, this is this is such great content, you know, and I got a lot of criticism for saying how bad the content was. Uh, and then a week later, when the hype died down and you didn't have a lot of viewers watching, everybody's opinion changed, um, which is very telling. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't take anybody's opinion to the bank if their opinion changes every 24 to 48 hours to seven days. Like if their opinion changes with the rise and fall of relevancy, their opinion's probably not very reliable. Is something that I would, I would say. So now that philosophy, right? That philosophy has gone away. We've come full circle now. Right? So, oh, resets in less than two minutes. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't go back in. We'll go back to orbit. That's fine. So, taking that philosophy and bringing it forward would have been a mistake. To suddenly, to suddenly take last wish and add more delta scaling since that was really the primary reason it took people a long time to beat it was because we were delta scaled to frick like we had terrible leveling uh we had terrible leveling rng based leveling under leveled at the second encounter that was the primary cause for difficulty and frustration in the raid it was delta scaling right and doubling down on that and doing that again I think would have been a made a mistake now I preferred what they did with King's Fall they designed hard mode scaled it down for normal normal launches it's tough there was a bit of a gear check you had to level up sometimes or go back for you know go back through the raid once you got to orcs you were slightly under leveled I think King's Fall's philosophy for the scaling of the power and how they went from normal to hard was the best philosophy I, I still stand by that. I think the structure for King's Fall was perfect. They designed hard. They removed pain for normal. When you went into normal, you were at level until the very end. It was beautiful. That's exactly how a raid should be. Okay? And then they added challenge mode later. So it was like normal, hard, challenge mode. Mwah! Perfect. King's Fall, logistically speaking, that philosophy for Endgame was, in my opinion, perfect. Now... Last Wish, they're bypassing that spectrum of here's hard, removed pain for normal, ramped up pain for hard, like a nice spectrum that's not so reliant on delta scaling because that's lazy, like Prestige Leviathan was lazy, poorly designed, glitchy, garbage. Prestige Leviathan is in the garbage can of raid content. It was terrible, okay? I will always I will always stand by that. It was awful content. It was a terrible raid race. The team that got Worlds First cheated. Okay? It was garbage. That entire that entire day was terrible. It was a black eye on the endgame raid content of Destiny, and it always will be, right? So they've 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 abandoned that spectrum of difficulty shift from normal to hard, but what they've maintained is 
uniqueness with, okay, if you complete these challenges or you complete this, you know, Petra's run or whatever, if you do that, then there's extra stuff. It makes it more difficult. It makes it more challenging. It's a unique way. Uh, it's a unique way. I just left the party so we could get the reset to actually happen. Um, so reset in the game just happened. Our night falls this week. <gasps> warden of nothing. I wanted to grind for the gun. We can do it. We can grind for the warden gun. That's exactly the gun, uh, that I wanted to grind. Your strikes this week are solar, uh, blackout brawler. That's going to be fun for way of a thousand cuts. So going to be a good, good week. Gonna be a good good week. Um, so I think the philosophies come full circle. I think the end game, I think the end game philosophy is significantly better than it was. I don't think just adding prestige delta scaled difficulties would have been the right approach. I think they've gone they've come to a, a much better place for end game philosophy. I do miss the way that King's Fall was structured. I still think that was a superior philosophy. But we're well bet we're way better off than we were with Leviathan and the raid layers. How do you think trials will work and how it will be in season five? Uh, go back to three v three elimination. Uh, bring back mercy and fix some of the connectivity issues and permaban DDoSers. That's how you fix trials. Dis uh, descend says, what do you think about pushing the heavy ammo spawn later so the first invade is done with primary or special? That could help. That could certainly help. I, uh, yeah, it, it seems incredibly easy to basically just like invade and then you basically just, you basically just invade and have heavy like right away. Um, so yeah, I'm getting Icarus mod from that. I, I would, I would, I would, I would say you could, you could probably, uh, do that and that would, uh, that would help. So I, I think the temporary bans on DDoSers is one of the biggest problems of the game. Um, perma ban them, IP ban them, console ban them. Don't ever let them play the game ever again. Uh, they are scum, and that's what's deserved. So, oh, but I didn't know they were DDoSing. I mean, I guess in cases like that, you gotta you gotta case by case it. But uh, it's pretty obvious if you're going all the way to the lighthouse and every team is DCing, you know what's happening. Don't pretend you don't. So. Uh, Divinity within Halono, do you think the changes to Masterwork Cores coming at the end of the month will be enough to make the infusion process less of a pain? Well, it'll certainly make the infusion process less of a pain, but as I've said, I think eventually what's going to happen is the scales are going to tip. Once you get into the 90s, you don't need to infuse that much, and so you're going to start stockpiling Masterwork Cores. You're now making Masterwork Core masterworking weapons and armor easier than was initially designed. I think they're undercutting initial design intention by making masterwork cores more available. Why? Because we're defending an idea instead of defending good good economic philosophy. So, what they should have done is either instituted a new infusion core that was earnable through gunsmith bounties or something, or just raise the cost. The, the the community at large is not sitting on thousands of legendary shards and glimmer they you know they're they're regularly running out of glimmer if they're infusing right so the normal economic pain of infusion i think lands on most of the community in a pretty healthy way 
I think streamers and hardcore players look at that and Glimmer and Legendary Shards and Planetary Mats are not a pain point for them. Therefore, their opinion on the matter matters less because they're not affected by the economic pain point in the way that it's designed. It doesn't touch them. The only pain point in the economic uh and the in, in that economy for them and that structure is the is the masterwork cores so their bias is in full swing it's like the only thing you're seeing as a pain point in the economy is the masterwork cores so i i don't know i i i don't think a lot of people's opinion on that matter were pure i believe biases were strongly strongly uh in full swing and so the malfeasance uh, the Malfeasance uh, ornament is available along with the colony emblem uh, is available and we have what is this is this for oh that's for the chaperone that's in the it's uh, inside of the prismatic matrix this week next question Almighty OG, do you believe that Bungie would benefit from holding monthly competitions for Gambit similar to what Fortnite and other games of the nature provide? Outside of my clan, it's hard to LFG on console as it seems that everyone is more interested in the raid or competitive PvP because of the rewards. The rewards for Gambit are great, but it appears to be not as popular as other game modes on PS4 in my opinion. Well, I think it's missing some of the intrinsic design that makes some of those other grinds more uh, appealing. Malfeasance is going to be, I think, a draw again once they fix the spawn rate of the boss. Um, once they fix the spawn rate of the boss, I think you'll see that Malfeasance grind come back. Uh, you'll see people going for it. I think a seasonal grind is needed for a lot of the pieces of the game, like a raid NPC with a seasonal grind would be good. Um, I think that there's a lot that could be done with that. Um again to keep people kind of in in that in that grind and gambit could be treated very similarly um so don't shoot me kid hey lono i've gotten my four guardians up to 540 arisa today what should i be doing for higher drops play the game do the milestones there's no secret sauce if you do your big milestone drops or your small milestone drops first it does not guarantee better or worse leveling you could be like, I'm going to go for the big drops first and try and get a big jump on my helmet. And you could get screwed by RNG. Um, it, there, there is there is no surefire way. There's no better approach over another. Uh, just do the milestones. If you have limited time, do the milestones you enjoy the most. If you hate Crucible, don't do Crucible. Save that for the very end. Um, you know, do... Do do the things that you enjoy first would be my recommendation. Because if you run out of time, you're going to be pretty bummed that you you filled your time with content that you don't enjoy. Uh, which is why, like, I typically do Gambit and Crucible first. I get those out of the way, and then I move on to the content that I enjoy. Um, look at the bygones he's selling. Oh, does the bygones roll change? I didn't realize that. I thought the bygones was static. What's he got in here? Full auto kill clip and flared magwell. Oh, and what's the masterwork range? Oh, stability. Uh, yeah, we'll take that. We'll try that bad boy out. It needs Zen, dude. It really, really needs Zen. I think Zen would 
would uh, really, really pull it. That one is static. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because is that the bygones I already bought? I think it changes. No, it's the exact same. Full auto, kill clip, flared magwell, corkscrew rifling. Oh, it had extended mag. It is literally the exact same. Is it the stability masterwork? Dude, it's it's 100% the same. Like, talk about a jabay. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, 100% the same. I thought it was static. I knew I Nice jabay. Nice debate, bud. Make me waste my stuff. Uh, Randy, Moshez says, you think Sleeper is in a good spot or do you think it needs a rework and taken out completely? Um, I already kind of addressed this. I don't think Sleeper is the problem. I think there are deficiencies in the game mode's design that need addressed. Uh, Mad Dirty, do you think Bungie has a plan to fix Gambit's uh, primeval problems with being melted too quick, or do you think with black armory, new weapons and perks, the game will level itself out over time? I mean, if we get new perks and stronger stuff, that ain't gonna help. It'll make it worse. It'll make it worse. Uh, so. Positron, do you prefer to invade? I mean, to answer your question, I think Bungie does need to do something about boss health, and I've already asserted what that should be. Uh, Positron, uh, RS win with three months subs. Welcome back, dude. That's a blue badge. Thanks for keeping your prime sub here. Guys, remember when you sub to the channel, you get ad-free viewing on the channel as well as access to our LFG and clan system in the Discord. Uh, do you prefer to invade right when the boss spawns to prevent Slayer stacks uh, or later to heal the boss? Uh, I think later to heal the boss is, is, is like a more appropriate way that invading is supposed to work. But I do think people are stacking saving moats slamming people with blockers and then invading and I think that's one of my frustrations with the uh, uh, one of my frustrations with how they how they run it so for just the ease of ease of the remainder of the talk we're just gonna go do pubs on the rig for the flashpoint uh, Queen Beck says how about wizards spawning each time a certain amount of health is taken from the primeval I don't want to reset the platform every time that's already pretty frustrating I pushed today and cleared one of the last blockers and was ready to do damage and a bunch of enemies insta spawn and just instantly aggroed and melted me that was pretty frustrating I don't want the platform to continually get injected with ads I think again you take a third of the health that locks it in. That enemy cannot be healed, right? The boss cannot be healed. You get him down to 66%, and then he gets a shield from, like, a shield generator in the in the, in the map or something. Once you get there, you've locked in that health. They can't heal the primeval back up. They can heal the primeval back up to 66% while you're working on that next block, but they can't heal it back up to 100. Um, and then the team has to go, like, kill the generator or something. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the bounties while we're here too. I like I think that would be a better design than like resetting the platform every every so much. Now you might be getting at what I'm trying to do as long as the health gets locked in. Amish milkman, do you think Bungie is gonna add a challenge mode that is basically like Halo 3's lasso, legendary all skulls on? I have no idea, dude. I have no idea how to predict that or uh speak to it. Um. 
I, I, I'll just say maybe, I guess. Tiger 2 Actual. Would making the Malfeasance quest available as a reward for resetting rank help mitigate the RNG of the boss encounter? Glad to see you back, man. Thank you. Um, they're going to they're gonna increase the spawn rate of the boss, so this isn't really necessary to even legislate to. There's no reason to speak to it because they've already come up with a solution. No lives left. What do you think about Bungie buffing the drop rate of the Malfeasance boss? Here we go. Uh, to be the same as the other bosses in the third week. Uh, that almost makes the Malfeasance quest no longer RNG based uh, when you can do it so easily. Well, I mean, come on. Like, what's wrong with making the quest accessible? What? Why do people want quests and exotics to be hard to get? I shot the boss! What do you mean requires event participation? I shot the boss! What? I literally got in the room and shot him. I got yellow markers on him. I guess that wasn't the boss. Was that like the mini guy that shows up? I thought he was part of the pub. I guess he's not part of the pub. Neat. Any ticks on lag in comp PvP on Xbox? Will an Xbox One improve? No, it won't. Uh, reset everything. Open ports. I'm not a tech specialist to help you with your internet. OP Mark. Wouldn't it be easier just to remove Sleeper from Gambit or is that going too far? Uh, I mean, the hitbox is massive. I got shot in the foot and instantly died at full health. I mean, I don't know how many times I can spell out my argument that Sleeper's not the problem and removing it is an overreaction. I've said that enough that I'm not going to say it more than that. I, you've got an answer to that question multiple times today. Meek12, what do you think about having a weapon lock or only one player can use certain weapon type like Sleeper? Uh, other teammates have to use other weapons. No, that'd be terrible. That's awful. And again, that's an overreaction. You're overreacting and you're over-legislating if you, if you come up with solutions like that, and here's why. Players are going to go in and try and play with random teammates, and then you're going to have arguments and hate mail sent about like, I'm going to use Sleeper. No, I'm going to use Sleeper. No, I am. Like, well, I want to use my thousand voices. Well, I had my thousand voices first. Like, why do you want to add that to the experience? arguing with 10 year olds about like who gets to use what weapon like that just sounds horrible like stab me in the eye with an ice pick please like I'm not gonna argue with kids about what I want to run and I'm not gonna have my ability to run gear limited by the RNG of my fire team that's awful nobody would want to put up with that that would be so incredibly frustrating to be like oh here's another team all running sleepers um guess I gotta run another heavy I don't really have another heavy on me that I like uh, I guess I'll just run this grenade launcher like again over legislating and overcorrecting is a severe problem Bungie did it with the double primary uh, Bungie did it with a lot of things no random rolls I mean they did a lot of overcorrecting to problems that existed in D1 and I think a lot of people ask for that again. They're like, hey Bungie, we really don't like this thing. Do you mind completely overcorrecting and turning the wheel all the way to the left because this thing that's happening over here. I just, you don't want to do that. Don't do it. What if invaders were announced but you're just a, a high value target? Don't really understand what this is solving. Um, you're announced but you're just a high value target isn't that kind of already how it works I, I'm i really confused by this question um, you basically already do that you, you go over you're announced and then 
Uh, that's it. Like, you go over your announce and they kill you, or they don't. So, yeah. Not really sure what this is aiming to solve. Other than maybe, like, killing the invader would drop more moats, maybe, is what you're trying to solve. I don't necessarily know if that's going to help with really any of the major fundamental problems um, with uh, with Gambit. Gambit's got a lot of problems. I don't I don't necessarily think that solves any of them. Uh, do you think the sleeper would feel more balanced if Gambit, uh, having one equip, disabled the tracking feature while invading uh, and removed the highlight of the invader being invaded too? Um, what even killed me right there? Killed by the architects, okay? Uh, to only those who have it equipped. Having one equipped disabled the tracking feature while invading and removed the highlight of the invader when being invaded to only those who had it equipped, that question makes no sense. You guys really need to proofread your questions. Uh, Milky, there are many daily gambit bounties and a couple Gambit exotic quests that encourage the user to play in an atypical manner. Get a large block or get 65 modes in a match. Do you feel like these bounties should be tweaked or are they good as is? I mean, I think in general, that was a problem. Um, that was a problem in uh, Titanfall 1. Titanfall 1 was basically like, oh, you want to roll over your prestige? Well, you got to kill people in this really convoluted and stupid way. And so people would go into Titanfall game modes, ignore the objective, and play in like a really, really dumb way because they're working on like this really, really narrow achievement to roll over their prestige. The Gambit bounties, to a certain degree, could be having a similar effect. Um where they're making people play in like a very sort of backwards or kind of unconventional way and then that leads to game mode breakdown because yeah titanfall was amazing but the longer people played the more game mode breakdown the more game mode devaluation that you experience like the more often you ran into high rank players on your team the more often you ran into people who played like a complete and utter freaking buffoon because they're trying to get like a real specific kill type so they're running a weird like they're running a weird loadout you know they're they're calling their titan in and and using it in like a way very specific to the challenge and that could obviously be happening in in gambit so uh mad dirty would you like a bouncy house for your birthday okay that's not a real question what are your thoughts on the current in game could we time that person out can we get a 24 timeout on mad dirty please uh, what are your thoughts on the current in-game matchmaking for raids and nightfalls? For a strike, Crucible and other matches, Bungie has no problem matchmaking, but other modes for the in-game can take 30 minutes. Well, that's because you're using, uh, not using matchmaking, you're using guided games. Guided games is a failed experiment, uh, if I've ever seen one. Um, so, if, if you're wanting to, if you're wanting to, if you're wanting to put people into endgame content together, I've said this before, 
one of the biggest problems is that the people that are best suited to fill the funnel of guided games already have solutions right um here we're good at running raids we could teach people to run raids we're the type of players that guided games hinges upon right guided games hinges on having players that know what the frick they're doing well players that know what the frick they're doing generally have solutions that they use right they use um they use lfg they use uh their clan they maybe they use a system like our discord maybe they use the streamers maybe they just have buds that they play with on the weekend right so there's this huge percentage of the player base that's supposed to be filling that funnel that's never filling that funnel why because they already have solutions like the destiny as a community is just too established already for your you're like long-standing raiders endgame proficient aficionado like players the ones that would be best equipped to go into guided games and be the quote-unquote helpers leaders guides etc um they're not in there they're not filling the funnel so players are going in and being like i need help and there's like this there's this huge lack of players on the end of the spectrum that can and are able to help and so you just wait forever now is the solution just basic matchmaking man oh man i don't know because the the last wish raid is like super complicated so is it is it as simple as saying just add matchmaking and that would that'll that'll solve the problem i honestly don't know i it, it I've always said, like, once hard mode comes out, you could do matchmaking for normal. Uh, you could always do raid training, like a playlist where you're not allowed in without using your microphone. You have to go through, like, a process where you, you know, you confirm your microphone's working. And then you play with other players and you go through, like, a series of, like, mechanical challenges that basically teach you basic raid mechanics. And then once you go through that, you get access to raid matchmaking. I don't honestly know if that's a feasible solution at this point because um, Last Wish as a raid and as is designed, I just think would would lead to a lot of frustration. Now, my comeback, you know, if I'm going to talk out of both sides, um, if I'm going to talk about both sides of my mouth here, my comeback to that would be the people that think matchmaking for raids would be a terrible solution would never use it so their opinion kind of doesn't matter my opinion on matchmaking being bad like would be terrible my opinion kind of doesn't matter i wouldn't be using it anyway the opinion that matters is the people that would use it are they meeting people that talk that are you know have more than two brain cells to rub together and use their microphone and can handle basic uh mechanics right like if if they're able to do that if they're able to do that well then they're gonna find people they're gonna add them to their friends list and then they're they're gonna slowly be that guy or that girl that has a friends list full of people that can you know that can go through and have a decent time rating um so i think their opinion and their experience matters more i'm always gonna kind of come back to this why not try it and see how it goes my reasoning the people that would use it and try it out are probably not running raids right now anyway 
so what's the loss there's no net loss if they're not running raids now and they're not going in and trying it out this is at least a shot at them meeting people that they could run with and then potentially find people to run you know run raids with on a more regular basis like it would be more of a means to an end um i don't know I, 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 I don't think like if you have people that you raid with every week and you use LFG or your clan or your buds and you get it done no problem I'm, I'm serious because that's me right I can you I'm a streamer I got people in here in the discord that I can raid with our opinion kind of doesn't matter because we wouldn't use it as a solution anyway um, and it could be pretty fun wouldn't it be fun as a streamer as a community to like load up a team get five homies get four homies throw ourselves into raid matchmaking try to literally find two people like you don't launch the raid right like the host of the raid doesn't launch the raid until you find people that have microphones like hey we'll help you through this raid we know what we're doing oh sweet oh my gosh dude I'm, I've never I'm never gonna I'm never gonna get this done I'm so thankful for a team like this like I don't know I feel like Sherpa teams would be more likely to do that I just think guided games because of the way that it's built a lot of times I think you know teams that that would be perfect uh, candidates for guides end up just ignoring guided games because it's just too much of a headache so uh, what would you think if Bungie added a new Crucible playlist that would be more uh, for gunfights uh, than the current meta of heavy shotties and supers? No one-shot kill items and no supers, but actual skill-based gunfights. It would have XP perks and armor weapon rewards. Uh, th- this is a th- I-, I don't mean to be mean. This is a terrible idea. This isn't Destiny. You're asking for Call of Duty. Like, as much as I want to get in gunfights and as frustrated as I was earlier because I literally couldn't get people to engage in gunfights with me, they would just run from gunfights. I was trying to get headshots with hand cannons for the Ace of Spades. As much as I wanted to get in gunfights with people, I don't want a game mode that is basically just another shooter. Destiny needs to retain its soul, and this idea rips the soul of Destiny right out of it. So, uh, Keith... 54 Keith 54 says what do you think about the lore history from Ace of Spades specifically dealing with Cade and Drifter's history I think it sounds interesting that somebody is trying to kill Drifter like somebody's after him I thought that was pretty neat and maybe we'll see that in uh, in Joker's Wild because we're gonna I guess get an explanation for that like rock he's dragging behind his ship so I thought that was kind of cool that we got a little bit of maybe some foreshadowing during that other than that I don't know much Last question. Do you think Faction Rally will be coming back anytime soon? Man, oh man, I would like to see Faction Rally return just for the sheer fact of its arrhythmic injection of content and loot to chase. Um, I know they said at the beginning uh, at the beginning of this season there'd be no Faction Rally, but then they also said that Faction Rally would potentially be... They didn't say this, but the language was at the beginning of the season, Faction Rally will be put on hold. And then... Uh, they said for the duration of the season, trials would be on hiatus. So they made it sound like Faction Rally could come back mid-season or at some point. So I'd love to see it come back. Uh, I, I I would like to see another opportunity for just content injection. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or you can follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching or listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>